0: I'm Will, and this is my wife, Dallas. Hi! And this is Not the Beginning, a podcast where a longtime Wheel of Time fan and a Wheel of Time newbie read through each of the 14 books in this long series. Morning. this podcast may not be suitable for younger audiences, and will contain spoilers. If you've not read Robert Jordan's The Shadow Rising, please proceed with caution.
1: Elaine is a wetlander, your own kind. She tossed her head arrogantly. "'The short tail that Aiel warriors wore at the nape of the neck was missing. "'The folded scarf around her temples nearly enveloped her hair. "'Exactly the woman for you. "'Is she not beautiful? "'Her back is straight, her limbs supple and strong, "'her lips like plump love apples. "'Her hair is spun gold, her eyes blue sapphires. "'Her skin is smoother than the finest silk, "'her bosom fine and well-rounded, her hips are... "'He cut her off frantically, his cheeks heating.' "'I know she's pretty. What are you doing?' "'I am describing her,' Avienda frowned up him. "'Have you seen her in the bath? "'There is no need for me to describe her if you have seen—I have not seen!' On this episode of Not the Beginning, we will dive in and discuss chapters 34 to 38 of The Shadow Rising. Note, I have not read past chapter 38, and Will is going to do his best not to bring anything from the rest of The Shadow Rising or the next ten books in during our discussion.' So as long as you've read through Chapter 38, you should be good. If you haven't, I recommend pausing here and going to read.
0: Chapter Summaries from DragonMount.com Rand and Matt are challenged by Couladon on their return from Roidian. Rand has been marked with dragons on his forearms, marking him the Aiel Chief of Chiefs. He is told of his birth parents, Shile and Janduin. Moraine and Avienda also return. Egwene meets Elaine in Teleron Riyadh. Egwene is caught by Amis, who makes her promise never to enter the dream without a wise one present. Avienda is assigned to instruct Rand on Aiel ways, much to her dismay. On the way to Alkaer Dal to introduce Rand to the clan chiefs, the Aiel discover a peddler's train approaching Roidian. Matt buys a wide-brimmed hat. Rand is suspicious of the peddlers. Rand and the Aiel reach Imra Stand, where the inhabitants have been slaughtered by Trollocs. Rand puts off the peddler's attempt at small talk and endures Avienda's haranguing about his belonging to Elaine. Lan and Ruark train Rand to fight. Matt struggles with the dead men's memories the elfin placed in his mind, then speaks with the gleeman Jason Natale about Roidian. Trollocs attack, but are defeated. The Shonchan Sea Captain, Aginin, charged with finding runaway Soldam in Tanchico, judges her former captive, Baal Domon. She is visited by a Seeker for Truth, who suggests the Runaways be eliminated rather than returned. Leandrin orders Dark Friend and White Cloak Inquisitor, Jaikin Karadin, to occupy the Panarch's Palace so she and the other Black Aja can search it. Okay, right off the bat, I have two things. One, Sean Chan Sea Captain is a fucking tongue twister. A little bit. Two, I like that the summary from Dragonmount points out that Matt buys a ride rimmed hat. (laughs) Yeah. It's just weirdly specific. I get it. It's like a kind of part of his costume.
1: But it is just like so weird that they specifically point it out because like, okay, he bought a hat. Like, why is that Why is that in such a short summary such a big plot? It's not a plot point. He bought a hat. No,
0: yeah, he bought a hat. I mean, he's, he basically wears the hat for the rest of the series.
1: I he, mean, yeah, because I, I know that now I have all have of the information for your cosplay.
0: Almost all of it.
1: Well, the version that you do. The
0: version that I do, yeah.
1: Because you don't do the one thing that yeah. I have semi-predicted happens.
0: Yeah. But yeah, so pretty much all of it, except for the coat. He doesn't quite have well, he, the coat. He
1: has a green coat. Does he? Yeah, they said oh. something about a green it's coat. It's missing lace. Well, so but the lace comes in later. <laughs> yours is missing lace, too. That's true.
0: <laughs> that is true. So, but yeah, this is, um. we're at that point in the book. Where stuff has happened and stuff is going to happen, but we're just kind of hanging out. We're, we're waiting for stuff to continue this to happen. Is, this
1: is the lull between pivot points, basically. Yeah. Like, but we do have some fun stuff happening. We have the, the the quote from this section. Yep. Avienda just continuously harassing Rand about Elaine. And we get one of the only versions of a trope that I hate that actually works. I hate the miscommunication trope, and that is clearly what's happening between Rand and Elaine right now. But the only reason I'm loving it is because it's not because Elaine and Rand are having a miscommunication. It is Elaine miscommunicated with Egwene, who miscommunicated with Avienda, who is now miscommunicating with Rand, and Rand is confused, and I love it.
0: Yup. Because she sent those two letters, and one of them's like, oh, I love you, you're the best, and the other one's like, fuck you, you're the worst, well, how the, dare you do this to me?
1: It was, the first one is the fuck you one, and then the second one's I love you. Well, I guess fuck you, but in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> and in when Egwene is meeting her in the dream world, Egwene, or Elaine, is trying to say, like, tell Rand I only meant the second one. But Amis pulls her out before... She can get that out. So Egwene's like, she meant both of them because the girls don't know what was in each of the letters. No. And so then Egwene tells Avienda that Egwene or that Elaine meant both of the letters. And then she tells Rand that. It's Rand like, is understandably confused because right. like, they are complete opposites. How can you mean both? Which, right. I mean, Fair.
0: He got both of them. He got
1: both of them. He read both of them. And also, how are both of them supposed to be true equally? Right. And it's just so funny.
0: Yeah, it is It is quite amusing. It doesn't stay amusing forever. Although this is, I think, this is the worst it gets in terms of miscommunication.
1: Well, and the thing I don't like about the miscommunication trope is that usually it can all be solved by just sitting down and having a conversation. And at least here, Rand and Elaine can't sit down and have a conversation because they're, like, 3,000 miles apart and there are no cell phones. Yeah. So, like, and to be fair, they're not the ones having necessarily the mis... I mean, she did sort of start it by sending him two letters, but, like... (laughs) (laughs) She did. But actually, that's not really miscommunication. That's just overcommunication.
0: Miscommunication is any communication... It's not just things that were taken the wrong way.
1: Okay, yeah, but still, they can't. It can't be solved by a simple conversation because no. they're three thousand miles apart and there are no such thing as cell phones. Right. At least in this version of the world, because there was a Mercedes logo. So at some yes, point, cell phones did exist. Not a Mitsubishi
0: logo. <laughs> I went on for a whole episode about it being a Mitsubishi logo, and, and I just believed you. Even they're kind of similar; they're both they, like three pointed things. They
1: are, and I was we were confused as to why Robert Jordan doesn't like Mitsubishi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> why? How did it
1: be a Mercedes make sense? Because Mercedes owners—that's
0: a nicer. It, it is. It's a nicer the perception. Car, is that it's a nicer car,
1: and the, the perception is that people who own Mercedes are kind of hoity-toity. Of like,
0: course. I am noted car enthusiast Will Smith. You with
1: your lack of driver's license.
0: I I know how to drive a car. That's a thing that I know how to do. Definitely. You've
1: driven a car twice in your life. I've
0: driven a car more than twice in my life.
1: Okay, you drove a car twice legally in your life.
0: That is a different thing.
1: Both of them (laughs) were with me, and I should not be the one teaching you how to drive. No,
0: I've driven a car other times. This is not that podcast.
1: (laughs) Again, (laughs) only legally, though. What things can Will
0: legally do? (laughs) (laughs) Podcast.
1: pilot a small boat? I can
0: pilot a small boat. <laughs> Captain.
1: Captain. The term
0: is Captain. Please. <laughs> Always silly. refer to me as Captain <laughs> Will from now on. Thank you very much.
1: You know what Captain does show up? Bail Domon. <laughs> see, see how I looped it back? <laughs> I
0: did. I did. That was... it, it is unfortunate that we will almost certainly not get lesbian pirate Gail Doman in the show.
1: In the show, yes. I... Absolutely, if I do not write any other Wheel of Time fan fiction, oh
0: my god, I absolutely is, will
1: write lesbian pirate Gail Domon fan fiction.
0: There is a fucking amazing way to do it too. I can't wait until we get to it <laughs> because it's fucking awesome. And I honestly, honestly wish that they would make that change for the show. It would be so good. We
1: could start a petition. We could. There's enough Wheel of Time podcasts that if we all got all of our people to sign a petition, I don't know, if it we... might at least get.
0: Notice maybe we'd have to convince Jeff.
1: No, we just have to convi- convince Rafe. That's true, and he would probably go for it. He did make maybe. he did make Soorian cannon. He
0: did make Soorian cannon. Anyway,
1: <laughs> lesbian pirate Gale
0: do Bail exists. We haven't met him again.
1: He is seen
0: twice. He's seen, and we do meet Florin Gelb again because I don't he's a person. Who that is. He get, he gets kicked off Bail Doman's boat in the first book. He's that guy who's, like, complaining about Rand and Matt and Tom. Oh. And then they land at Whitebridge, and Domon's just like, you're out of here.
1: Oh, okay. And Aginan is... I didn't recognize who that was. I was like, who the heck is Aguinan? And have we met her before? Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: She is the Sean Chan captain who took Domon captive.
1: Is that who, when I was like, we have our favorite lesbian pirate, and you were like... Person? Is that who you think? Is that who you thought I was talking That's about? That's who I thought
0: you were talking about.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, I was talking about Gail Domon.
0: You were talking about Gail. Yeah, okay. That's fair. <laughs> we don't actually talk to him. We talk to Florin Gil, like I said, who yes. is helping Aguinan hunt down Soldom.
1: Yes, and recovering the leashes that I can't remember the name yeah, of.
0: The Adam.
1: Adam. Yeah. Which is. Now that I know who she is, that whole section makes sense. Yeah. I just, I haven't, we haven't seen her in a while, and so I forgot.
0: Yeah, like two books. Yeah. Well, I guess one book. This is the second book. Yes. Either way, we're way out of order in in terms of stuff, but her part is honestly very small.
1: So, yeah, we can kind of just go over the, and it doesn't really affect what happens all before it, too. Yeah. Because it's kind of happening independently.
0: Yeah. She's there. She's looking for Soldom, She has one in her basement.
1: And she's starting to figure out that, that...
0: Soldom can channel.
1: channel. Yeah. Because she's like, why else would I, I... I was just trying to leash her so that I could literally maneuver her, but it's actually working. So why is it working? She's like having kind of a crisis, which is interesting to read.
0: Well, it makes sense. It is a kind of like the sort of impending Aiel are are kind of tinkers who've lost their way crisis. This is a crisis for the Chan, where a core part of their culture, Saldam and Damane... Are lies.
1: I didn't think about it like that, but yeah, the the two are kind of similar. Right. We've got all this information. We've got several layers of groups of people realizing that core tenets of their beliefs are lies. Yep. Because, and I don't think that the Aiel and the Sean Chan are going to be the only ones.
0: I'm trying to think of who else. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. It's, it's a core theme of the Wheel of Time, right? Is that I mean, information can, drifts over time and distance.
1: And I mean, even like, not necessarily a group of people, but Rand has the same sort of thing. Something that he thought his entire life. Tam was his father. Yeah. Not actually true. We get, we'll go back to it later, but we get information about his parents. Yep. And starting to accept it. I think him seeing the Iel everything is lies thing kind of opened him up to, well, I might as well figure out everything now.
0: Right. It's kind of like yeah.
1: this might as well happen.
0: Yeah. There are two other things with the Gideon that are sort of worth talking about. One is she meets with somebody who's called a seeker for truth. They're like property of the throne.
1: Yeah, they're Does- and they have like raven tattoos. And I was a he's little bit basically, confused. He's
0: basically just telling Eginen to go hunt down and actually kill the Soldom. It's like, yeah, that 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 exists. That's really the only important bit of this. The other important bit of this is there's... It's kind of hinting at, one, Eginen existing as a POV character at all is hinting that we're not done with the Shan-chan. Yeah. But she mentions Suroth, who mm-hmm. we get a little bit of earlier in the, in the book. Yep. And the Koren. We don't know what the Koren means or what it is. But maybe the Sean Chan are coming back.
1: And I did not think that we would be done with them, especially because we had to start off at the beginning. And they're then, so
0: well developed in book two.
1: Yeah. That, and then
0: they're just entirely rebuffed. And it's like, where the fuck are they?
1: Well, and the other thing that makes me think that they're going to be coming back is if this Imperial family is the Sean Chan, right? He's mm-hmm. like, a, he, the, the Seeker is a Sean Chan, right? Yeah. And he mentions something about the Court of the Nine Moons. Uh-huh. And who did we have a prediction that <laughs> they would marry a daughter of the Nine Moons? Yup. I don't like that.
0: It's a time.
1: I don't want Matt to marry a race of people that enslave.
0: His it's not a race of people. Sean Chan, like everywhere else in the Wheel of Time, is, at least in terms of ethnicities, very diverse.
1: A culture of people. Culture of people, yeah. Like
0: It's a country. It's a It's America.
1: But, like, I don't want him to marry a culture of people that enslaved his friend.
0: You don't want him to to marry a Texan princess? They're supposed to have, like, Texan accents.
1: I don't like that at all. <laughs> it's really
0: fucking weird. <laughs> they have slow drawls. They have southern drawl.
1: I don't like that. I'm going to ignore that. No, but, like, the Shan Shan took Egwene and enslaved her. I do not want Matt to marry someone who came from a group of people who enslaved one of his best friends.
0: We'll see if that happens.
1: Unless this Texan princess is like, I hate everything to do with my people. Please get me out of here.
0: (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. Read and find out. I
1: mean, Matt apparently is really great at cuddling, so if uh, anyone was going to get a daughter of the Nine Moons to be like, fuck my family, it might be Matt.
0: And the other thing is, who knows that that's actually what the elfin meant. There is an association in, clearly there's an association in Chan Shan between ravens and the Imperial family. And that is not at all the case in the mainland, where ravens are agents of the Dark One. Okay. So court, uh, you know, daughter of the Nine Moons could be something completely different than court of the Nine Moons.
1: But who are the Nine Moons? What are the Nine Moons?
0: Read and find out.
1: Okay, but yes, that is about that. We also get Jacob or
0: Jacob Carden. Jacob
1: Carden, who Leander calls Bors.
0: Yep, we finally find out who the man who call, who's called Bors is. Okay,
1: we did not know that before. I don't think we did. I feel we like, might have
0: known it. I don't remember. It's, I feel you know, like at very, the beginning
1: of this book, there was something about like he was meeting with a murderer who oh, said he was yeah. going to. Did they call him Bors then?
0: Maybe, or maybe he thought about the the dark. The, it's called the Dark Friend Social. <laughs> Maybe he thought about the Dark Friend Social then. I don't... I honestly don't remember. Is that actually
1: what it's called?
0: Uh, it's what the fandom calls it, at least.
1: Okay. I'm... Because... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Between that and Randland.
1: <laughs> Between that and Randland. Oh, I guess, is the, did the fandom come up with Randland, too? Or is that something Robert Jordan said? I don't...
0: I honestly don't remember. I think it's something Robert Jordan said, but it's also something that...
1: I will forever hold beef with Randland. <laughs> if we were talking about this, and we were talking about the show the other day, if no matter what the show does, I will never one hundred percent fault it because at least it gave me the Westlands and the corruption Not instead the dark of dark ones taint <laughs> instead of Randland and the taint. So at least it gave me some other terms to call these things that have names. That Robert Jordan came up with that I hate. Really, he couldn't come up with anything better than taint. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. It you just... don't.
0: You don't like thinking about Shaitan's taint. No. That's sad for you. Do you? No, but that's because <laughs> it's a bad thing. No, <laughs> I don't. Randland and the Dark Friend Social. I'm pretty. I'm like 90 percent sure that the Dark Friend Social is is just a fandom thing.
1: If that's a fandom thing, and I I'm appreciate 90% it. I'm 90
0: sure that Randland is not just a fandom thing.
1: If if they call if the fans call it the Dark Friend Social, I actually really I, I love that. That's, that's great.
0: Basically, what that's it was. It's basically
1: what it is. Standing in a room and
0: Balsamon's like, "Boo! Here's some flaming pictures of boys that you need to go kill."
1: Yeah. No. If it out of context, if it's a that fandom, doesn't sound right. If it's a fandom construct. I appreciate that because fandoms can be weird, as I know from being on Tumblr.
0: Twitter a Time, also weird.
1: I cannot wait until I can get on Wheel of Time Tumblr.
0: I don't know anything about Wheel of Time Tumblr. I don't, either. I don't know Tumblr.
1: You don't Tumblr. But Tumblr is a hellscape, and I am very excited to see what it the Wheel of Time be, hellscape is. It can't be is. any
0: worse than Twitter. That's a lie.
1: That's a lie. That is absolutely a lie.
0: It could be exactly. I don't think, okay, it can't be worse than Twitter, but it can be as bad as Twitter.
1: No, I think it can be worse than Twitter. Really? Yeah.
0: That's shocking.
1: I mean... I
0: guess it kind of started out worse and then Twitter was like, ooh, but what if we were real bad?
1: But Tumblr has always been like a weird hellscape. Like Marauder's Tumblr is sometimes so much worse than Marauder's Twitter, so...
0: I will say, generally, Twitter of Time is very accepting and nice. Generally. Not always, but Generally.
1: And I don't necessarily mean worse as in like the people are rude and mean. I mean like worse as in this is cursed. Tumblr it will oh. absolutely be more cursed than Twitter.
0: Generally speaking, and, and this is you know a hot take for a podcast that is somewhat reliant on Twitter of time. Generally speaking, from what I see out of Twitter of time, everybody there at least wants to do the right thing, which yes. I very much appreciate. I don't engage because I don't like social media, but
1: and you've never really shown me anything that is truly cursed.
0: Oh, some cursed stuff exists,
1: but Tumblr itself is cursed. So yeah, that's fair. Except for Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman on Tumblr is a <laughs> is a
0: treasure. Neil Gaiman in general just seems delightful.
1: And right now, Tumblr is also loving Brendan Fraser, which I mean, fair.
0: Everybody should always love. Brendan. He
1: is a national treasure. Yeah, yeah. This is not a Brendan this Fraser, is not a Fraser podcast. Brandon
0: Fraser podcast. This is a Wheel of Time podcast, and we've gone completely out of order. So let's go to the top.
1: Well, did we want to talk about Leandrin real quick since we were talking about Jacob?
0: Okay, so we're going absolutely to the bottom. Yes. <laughs> both of the section and metaphorically in terms of Leandrin is the worst and belongs at the bottom of any list.
1: <laughs> yeah, basically.
0: Leandrin sucks and continues to suck. She's ordering Jacob Cardin around, telling him to take the White Cloaks and capture the Panarchs Palace.
1: To be fair, though, the Terror of honor or Teraboners, I don't know. Terror Teraboners. Terab-
0: I, I think it's actually pronounce that in the audiobook at I think some it points. is too,
1: but I also listen to it at two times speed, so sometimes I forget things. Yeah. Um but it literally but you know,
0: has the word boner in the name.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna say terra bonner yeah. instead of boner. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've already been talking about tames. The dark ones taint <laughs> <laughs> <and> terra boners <laughs> We're really earning our E rating today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but yeah the Terra Boners want that white cloaks to help and take and protect the Panarch's palace as well. Yeah. Leandrin's just going a step further and being like, once you do that, kick them all out. We want control Hold it. because they're when we get into her POV, they're looking for a Taurangriel that can control Rand. Is yeah. what I'm gathering, and and they yeah. think it's in the Panarch's palace. Yep. They also have a Turin-Greal that produces Balefire, but apparently they tried to use it once and it went real wrong.
0: It is the unstable one that Egwene saw in the notes. Ah, okay. Like, do not use. Very dangerous.
1: They also said something about our orders from the tower were clear. So, like, we already know that there's still Black Aja in the tower. But, like, clearly whoever is in charge of the Black... Whoever, like, the... Amrlin's seat of the black aja is is still at the tower from what it from that alone
0: yeah. clearly or,
1: Leandrin's not in charge.
0: Yeah. And one other thing that they that they kind of note here is that the forsaken aren't all aligned. We we already knew that because Landfear.
1: And I think that did they mention not trusting Landfear? Uh, if they did or am I making that up?
0: You might have made that up cuz I don't know that they've interacted with Landfear.
1: But I think they were they were talking about Balefire in regards to possibly having to kill Forsaken, who are not right. going along with what their orders are. Right. And so we get this image, we get this clear, like all—not all the evil people are on the same page, kind of thing. Yeah. Like maybe they think that there are some double agents going on. Like yeah. The the Forsaken are not the Forsaken are not all aligned and. Whatnot. And so they were like, we will kill anything that gets in our way and are not specifically right. aligned with our cause.
0: Yeah, And we've definitely seen directly that the Forsaken are not all necessarily exactly on the same side because Lanfear helped Rand in Tyr. Yes. Directly and by sending Trollocs and Merdral to fight other Trollocs and Merdral.
1: Well, we all know Lanfear has her own agenda.
0: Lanfear has one and a half allegiances. I say half. Because her first allegiance is to herself. The other course, one is, is to, to Therin. lose there. But she wants Luz Theron to basically be in lockstep with her. So And
1: honestly, like, if the Dark One was actually a person, which I don't think it is. I think the Dark One's more like a construct at this point.
0: Yeah, uh, we have the last section when we saw Rand go back in time, we get a little bit of that. Where you know they're they're drilling into the bore and it's like something weird metaphysical is happening.
1: Yeah, like I don't think the Dark One is like a person. It's not Voldemort. Uh huh. Like it's just a kind of like this construct. But if it were a person, Landfear would absolutely destroy the Dark One in order to get her own way. Yeah, she has no allegiances to the Dark One.
0: Yeah, especially... she's kind of
1: in in keeping with the Harry Potter theme, like kind of Snape esque.
0: Yeah, actually, where, that's a very interesting way to put it. Because um,
1: she, Snape, was like, fuck everyone except Lily. Yeah. And Lanfear is like, fuck everyone except Luz Theron. But also. And
0: also <laughs> fuck Luz Theron.
1: <laughs> I mean, Snape was also like, fuck Lily. That's true. But like, so the comparisons just
0: kind of mesh. But like, but yeah, even even as far as back as book two, where Lanfear as Celine is like helping Rand f- figure shit out. She is, the way she's talking about that statue, it's like this, you know, you could challenge God with yeah. this statue.
1: And so I, she's, you know, she's evil and she's sort of aligned with the Dark One. But if the Dark One gets in the way of her and there, and she will absolutely destroy him too.
0: Yeah. Well, she'll try. She'll try. I don't think she can. I
1: don't think she can either. But, you know, yeah. she'd try.
0: Yeah, she absolutely would. Anyway, that was the end of the stuff. Let's go to the beginning of the stuff. Rand and Matt return from Roidian at dawn. Yep. Because he he is he who comes with the dawn. Literally. That's literally literally what he means. That's
1: literally what it means.
0: Which is kind of a fun turn on prophecy. Like literally he's just coming back at dawn.
1: Yeah. Cool.
0: And (laughs) I
1: do kind of appreciate the Aiel in that they're like, hmm, the prophecy says he'll come with the dawn. Let's just call him he who comes with the dawn. They're not going to be complicated about it. Nope. Which is one of the least complicated things about Aiel culture, because I still don't really understand the whole, like, prisoner of war, but not oh, prisoner yeah, Gito. of war the I don't understand any of that. But at least this one is pretty straightforward.
0: The thing that I really appreciate about the Aiel in The Wheel of Time is that they are very confusing to us, but they are written as though... How to explain this? It's written... In a way that's like, yes, it's confusing to us because we're not familiar with it, but it is its own culture that has its own internal consistent rules that they know and understand.
1: Yes, it's, ri- it's confusing, but it's not confusing in a way that it makes you think that Robert Jordan doesn't understand them. Because yeah. sometimes when you're reading a fantasy book and something is confusing, it is simply it simply seems that it's confusing because clearly the author doesn't even understand what's going on there. Right. But Robert Jordan clearly at least writes the IEL in a way that it's like, I understand them. Yeah. And I'm explaining them in a way that is confusing because the people whose POV you're in don't understand and therefore the audience would not understand. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that Robert Jordan does really well. There are things about his writing that I don't necessarily like, but what he does do really well is have you understand a thing as well as the person whose head you're in understands it. Yeah, And like if the POV person doesn't trust a person, the audience doesn't trust that person.
0: Right. And he doesn't, he also doesn't do a whole bunch of like writing somebody who is distrustful and then going back and writing somebody else in a way that trusts them. So you're not, like, flipping back and forth a whole bunch between somebody who trusts somebody else and somebody who doesn't trust somebody else. And it's good because the audience doesn't have to constantly be shifting what they think of somebody.
1: Right. And it's demonstrated in, like, specifically Alana, who the two POVs that we've seen Alana in are Egwene and Perrin. Egwene who recently found out there's a shit ton of Black Ajas, so and now she thinks everyone's a Black Aja, and was like, yeah. I don't trust Alana. And then Perrin, who Alana's looking at like a p- piece of meat, Perrin's like, I don't trust you, which is why I don't trust Alana, because the two POV characters that yeah. we've seen her in don't trust her. Yeah. I trust show Alana, but that's... <laughs> the sh- the show is written in an omniscient lens, so like, right. It's it just shows how effective this narrative technique is for yeah. Robert Jordan. Definitely.
0: And then I think the other thing, while we're on the topic, the other thing, and I've I've said this before, the other thing that he does really, really well is he does write a kind of tapestry of cultures well, where you have, even in this section alone, right, you have people who, you have the Aiel, who, who are one very distinct culture, you have Rand and people from the mainland who are, even though, like, Rand and Moraine and others have different cultures within themselves they are more similar to each other than they are to the Aiel and then we also have Againan who is yet again very different and none of them feel like they are like none of their none of the aspects of their culture are really interchangeable they all feel like distinct things that live on their own
1: and even we get a little bit of that when we are in Egwene's perspective and she's talking with Elaine, and her and Elaine have this conversation about the difference between the eyes that I, the wise ones, and now the windfinders, yeah, the three different groups of people who can channel, yeah, and so we get just that same element of like there are different things, even if there is a similar thing between cultures, the way they handle them are different,
0: right? Because uh, especially because Egwene basically mentions that they don't miss the Aiel the wise ones, do not miss any women who can channel. There yep. are, There is no such thing as a young woman dying from the power in ideal culture. They're nope. all found. They are all taught how to be wise ones.
1: Yep. They and figure it out.
0: That partially goes into GTO, where it is your obligation to become a wise one if that if you have the ability. Mm-hmm. Whereas for a lot of women in the mainland and in, in the wetlands not the threefold land. It can sometimes be seen as a good thing, but more frequently it's seen as a uh, oh no, the ice that I are gonna take me
1: right. there's not there's something inherently scary about the ice ones take the the ice that I taking you. yeah, and the windfinders have this as well. That's why they keep it such a she- secret that yeah. the windfinders can channel because they don't want the ice that I to take them.
0: right. and even further, the ice that I are so aloof. Uh, earlier in the book, Varin basically says, yeah, we might be selecting out the ability for women to channel. We keep finding fewer and fewer women who can channel, and they're weaker and weaker. And that's because we're taking all of the women who can channel and taking them to the White Tower, and then Aes Sedai never have children.
1: Right. And they're like, we need to either have them have children, or they talk about, like, maybe we should stop killing all the men who can channel so that they can have children with the Aes Sedai, and maybe we can breed more people who can channel, which is just like, yikes.
0: But... (laughs) Yeah, it's not great.
1: I mean, I guess, like, if Rand doesn't go crazy, he could probably pop out a couple kids with Elaine. True. They might be able to channel. They would
0: probably be able to channel very strongly. Yeah. Because Rand is the pinnacle of strength, and Elaine ain't weak. No. She's not, like, crazy strong, but she's not weak.
1: And, you know, maybe sure. if uh, Nynaeve and Lan get married and we get to see them be happy and have a bunch of babies, maybe those babies <laughs> could channel. Because naive is also strong. Nadive and as long as a strong. woman who can channel has children, in theory, the child uh, might be able to channel. At least some, some of the genes cha- are there. Yeah, they could channel. Or they might not be able to automatically channel, but they might be able to be taught to channel. Because yeah. there are the two types of, like, this type of person can be taught to channel. This right. person just inherently channels. And the people who can taught who can be taught to channel don't die.
0: Right. They just never end up touching the source.
1: But they could. Right. Is that the difference between um, a Saldam and whatever the? Read and find out. I feel like they've said something about it, or they're hinting at it already. That
0: they that because oh, the t- they they might have said it in book two. That, Essentially, yes.
1: That the Saldams are people who can touch the source, which is why they're able to control. What is the other person? Damane. Damane.
0: Yeah, so Demani are women who are who were born with the ability inherent to them, and Soldom are women who are born and can learn to channel and touch the source. That's essentially the difference.
1: That's what I thought. Yeah. I wonder if Avienda is a person who can touch the source or who already touches the source.
0: The latter. Okay. She's probably touched the source at some point already. Yeah,
1: I wonder what that was.
0: She's a maiden. It could have happened... A lot of different times,
1: we do get to see her kind of be back a maiden for a little bit. Yeah, when
0: the when the Trollocs attack, she picks up a spear. She's probably going to get some shit for that.
1: Okay, but to be fair, the Trollocs were attacking, so like she's
0: a wise one now. It, this is they ideal haven't ta- they haven't
1: taught her how to channel. So how was she was she but supposed she has, to die?
0: But she has gone to Roidian.
1: Was she supposed to die?
0: No, she's a eel
1: So pick up what if she can't pick up a spear? How is she su- either die or pick up a spear?
0: She's Aiel. She's a wise one. She doesn't pick up a spear.
1: So they expect her to die.
0: Or find help or for somebody else. They nah, expect fuck that shit. They expect somebody else to help her.
1: No, nah, fuck this that shit. This
0: is Aiel culture. They have very prescribed roles.
1: No, nah, fuck that shit. Yeah. Pick up a damn spear.
0: She, she's probably going to get in trouble because she gets in trouble earlier. I think even she even already does because
1: she does. Rand does say her spear is missing after... Like, he, like, goes into a tent, and then she's sitting there and no longer has a spear. So I feel like like they took it from her because there's no way, once she picked up a spear, she's getting rid of it again. Right. So it probably already happened. But, like, seriously, though, what were they going to expect her to do?
0: Uh, Just kind of survive? Nah. It's the threefold land. If you can't survive with what you're given.
1: And what she was given is that there was a spear lying on the ground.
0: What she was given is the duty to be a wise one.
1: I don't care. (laughs) I also appreciate she, like put her scar she like ve- like yeah. temporarily veiled herself and just like you go you go Avienda I mean
0: Avienda's a badass. I love her. Regardless of whether or not she's gonna get into trouble. She's a badass.
1: I do also just love her picking on Rand the entire time to the point that oh he's God. like that he's like I miss Min.
0: Yep <laughs> Yep.
1: He's like Min never really gave me shit.
0: Except when she did.
1: But like the type of shit that Min gave him was just being a human type of shit. Yeah like like, Avienda
0: you... is resentful. Avienda has a lot going on. She is resentful of having to watch him. She's resentful that he's kind of there. Like, all of the Aiel, even the wise ones and the chiefs, are kind of uneasy around Rand because of what he represents. That includes Avienda.
1: Because she did see... She heard the prophecy, too, because she went through... Yeah,
0: well, there's... They see something else.
1: Or at least Rand thinks that part of the reason that she's... Yeah. Unwear, she's wary of him isn't just because of what's going on with Elaine but because you know she heard the prophecy of like she, I will destroy and unite you Right. which like that's why all the men are kind of yeah, except for Culloden who just thinks that Rand
0: Culloden is just a dick
1: Culloden is a dick and I
0: they come back from Roydian and he's instantly angry
1: he's like you killed my brother and he's like I did not
0: I didn't, then where is he and like, I don't know
1: he vaporized in front of me <laughs>
0: yeah he disappeared into the columns. Like uh, what see, do you, I, uh, I went
1: into one column, and when I came, he was next to me. When I came out of the column, he was gone, so... Right.
0: Yeah, let's talk about Kuladin a little bit, because Kuladin is a dick, and the Shido all seem to follow him now. His brother was the, the man in the Pillars, who we said, he disappeared. He vaporized. He's not doing so hot. He was going to be clan chief, and Kuladin pretty much instantly is like, I'm going to go to Roydian. And all the white ones are like, no, you absolutely fucking are not, you child. Yeah. And then he basically packs up his Shido and leaves.
1: <laughs> it's it's the epitome of, well, if I can't win, I'm taking the ball and going home.
0: Yeah. And they, like, follow. So they're traveling with, Rand is traveling with a, another clan of Aiel. And they're going back to their, like, hold, which is close to this place, Al-Kharadal, where all the clan chiefs are going to gather and they're going to be like, you, you're chief of chiefs now. Yeah. And essentially the Shido are just like, hey, what's up? We're going to follow you and just be vaguely threatening the whole time.
1: They are following and camping separately. It's reminiscent of Perrin camping
0: yeah, except, away from Except Bail. this is the threatening version. Coolin doesn't mean well.
1: No, but it is still, it has the same petty energy of like, I don't want to play with you, so I'm going to go camp over there, but we're going for to, now. We're going the same place, so...
0: Yeah, Ruark mentions that they're safe for now, because even though Culloden is angry and awful, he's not going to break the piece of Roydian, which lasts until they return to their hold. And so, who knows what happens when they get to Cold Rock's hold, but the Shido are there. They're in larger numbers and they, they're doing better because they're not traveling with a Tavirin. And when the sh, when the uh, Trollocs attack, they don't attack the Shido.
1: Yeah, they attack the Wise Ones camp. Right. Even because, though the Shido are the bigger ones.
0: Yeah, which, you know, big surprise, Rand exists and is there. Rand and Matt are there. They're going to run into some trouble.
1: I think also, like, tactically, Ruark's assessment also makes sense that, yes, some attacked the Shido, probably purely so that the Shido couldn't come to their aid.
0: Could be, yeah.
1: I think that's why, like, Rework isn't taking into account Tavirin. However, if it was just the Tavirin that were pulling them there, no one would have attacked the Shido. I think that they probably sent a couple of Trollocs there just, necessarily. To, just to distract the Shido.
0: For Shadow Spawn, they're not quite as driven or pulled by Tavirin in the same way. Because they already want to hunt them. They're already doing they're all, they're being pulled to Tavirin by their existence, not because they have to be, right? They're trying to fight against the pattern.
1: That's not what I meant. I meant that like Ruark's assess Ruork wasn't factoring in Tavirin or the fact that they're hunting Rand. Even if Rand wasn't Tavirin, they mm. would be hunting Rand because he's the Dragon Reborn. But his assessment that
0: Can the Dragon Reborn exist and not be Tavirin?
1: Again. Ignoring that, <laughs> I'm just saying Rueric's assessment makes sense. That yeah. Because if, if they were purely after Rand, they would have only attacked Rand.
0: I don't know. See, if I don't they, know that that's the case. I think that they would have attacked the Shido. I think, if anything, the assessment makes sense for Shadowspawn that don't know about the relations between the two Aiel clans. If the Shadowspawn knew that the Shido were antagonistic, they probably wouldn't have bothered to attack the Shido because the Shido would have just let it happen.
1: That's what I'm saying. They, they attacked... Because they thought that they would come to their aid. Yeah. If they had known, they wouldn't have attacked, but they did. So Rue assessment. assessment
0: yeah. is... Spear Daddy for the win. Spear
1: Daddy for the win. We do get both Sword Dad and Spear Daddy training, and I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. I still hate myself for saying Spear Daddy, because now it's a thing.
1: I love it. And I think if we ever make merch, I'm also going to make spear, spear Daddy merch.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you?
1: Yeah. Stickers. Yeah.
0: But it, that, that is an amusing section because Rand goes to find land and practice with the sword because, because he, it's he wants like, to get rid I, of Avienda. Right, he wants to get rid of Avienda. He's like, Aiel don't like swords. Maybe if I'm using a sword, she'll ignore me because it makes her uncomfortable, and it does work. But she then, does. Sit,
1: she still sits and watches though. But
0: she doesn't harass him.
1: No. Just,
0: but then Ruar comes up and he's like, I thought you might want to practice with the spear. And he like looks over and there's like a group of Ail watching in like mild disgust.
1: That he's using a spear.
0: That he's using a sword. uh
1: uh-huh.
0: And he's like, I thought you might want to practice with that. And Rand's like, yeah, probably a good idea.
1: Well, because he's also, he asks, he's he's training with the sword, and Lan's like, you're slipping, my dude. And yeah. then Rand starts asking Lan questions about how the Aeel fight, and Avienda's like, why are you asking a wetlander?
0: To be fair, he's not asking a wetlander. He's asking Lan fucking Mandragoran.
1: Whatever they call him, the... Aniline. Aniline.
0: A man alone. (laughs) A
1: man alone. (sighs) Poor, poor Lan.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's asking Lan. And Lan's answer is pretty funny. Lan's just like, how do they fight? Hard. They don't get distracted.
1: (laughs) He's like, you could try this and it might work. And when Avienda pipes up and she's like, don't listen to him. And he's like, I mean, I did that and it worked.
0: Yeah. Once at least. And work also... At that point, Ruark pipes in, and he's like, the Borderlanders had some success against us.
1: Yeah, they did that, and it worked sometimes. Yeah. And so, like, not a bad tactic, but also, like, here, let me teach you how to use a spear.
0: Right. And so they get we don't get too much time with the training, which is a shame. And I understand why we don't, because it's not that book anymore.
1: No, he's already a sword master. Yeah. Or a blade master, so.
0: He would argue that he's a blade master, but. He killed a blade master. It's fine.
1: No, he you said he would argue that he's not.
0: Yeah. He but, would argue with him being a blade master. But
1: he is. He killed one. He killed one in combat.
0: It was fair. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was holding the source when he did it, but that doesn't make it not happen. Yeah. He wasn't using the power against him.
1: No, he was Channeling the flame in the void. Yeah, which to to a channeler is just holding the source. Right. Like I'm sure if Lan could channel, if he went into the flame in the void, he would. That would be him touching the source. Yeah. It's just it's the same thing as the flower.
0: It is possible to do that and not hold the source, but yeah, he, he wasn't using Siding against the High Lord.
1: No, he was kind of just calming himself. Right. And I mean, for a person who can't be taught to channel, and he was because... also
0: already hurt by like minions. Yeah. Yeah. No. He's a he's a fucking blade master.
1: I cannot. I don't think Land's ever gonna find out.
0: I don't think Land is gonna find out. I, maybe he does. I don't remember.
1: But how would he? It hasn't been brought up again.
0: It hasn't been brought up because Rand doesn't want to talk about it.
1: And so, like, I just it makes me so sad that Land's never gonna find out.
0: Because I, Land would definitely acknowledge it. Maybe yeah. well, I guess maybe because Land doesn't carry a herod marked blade. He's the best swordsman around. Is right he now. a
1: blade master though?
0: I mean, do you think he could not be? He's. I'm
1: not. That's not what I'm asking. I'm not asking he if he has he been
0: recognized? has he been
1: has he actually defeated a blade master and therefore is recognized as one. Not not asking if he's capable, just asking if it's happened. I think
0: y- yes, because he there's definitely not a, has. There's not
1: that many blade masters, so like to become one,
0: you can get recognized
1: without fighting a blade master.
0: Yeah, like you can like sit for a trial and other blade land wouldn't recognize Lan that. would not do that. Maybe a younger land.
1: No, he would absolutely not recognize that as being a blade master.
0: No well, he would. Would he? Yeah, if you have a Heron mark sword and you've earned it, you're a blade master.
1: I feel like Lan would be like, "No, nah, I'm fighting a blade master, or it's nothing."
0: I mean, I feel like Lan definitely did. I, I I feel like I should remember if this happened or not and I don't. Lan is definitely the person who would earn it by defeating a blade master in single combat, but I don't think he would Look down at a blade master who earned it via trial.
1: He. I'm not saying he would look down on it and on someone else. I'm just saying I feel like he wouldn't be like I'm not gonna bother sitting through a trial if I'm a bla- if I'm gonna be a yeah. blade master, it's gonna be because I bought uh, defeated someone in battle. Yeah. Why would I sit for a trial? Right. That's dumb. I don't need to be a blade master that bad.
0: Yeah. There's a third way to be a blade master, and I don't remember.
1: Because like Lan would be. Lan doesn't need the title. No. He doesn't like titles. That's why no. he doesn't really like people acknowledging that he's the king of Malkier. Yep. So if he became a blade master, it would kind of be by accident. Yeah. It would be because like, oh shit, there's this blade master, and it would be very much how Rand became a blade master. Yeah. Rand didn't seek out to fight. What's his face?
0: High Lord Turok.
1: Turok. Like he didn't see, he didn't. He wasn't like, ah, Tarak is a blade master. I'm going to fight him so that I can become a blade master. He's just like, I've got to fight this dude because he's in my hotel room. Oh, he's got a <laughs> hair marked blade. I guess I'm fighting a blade master.
0: To be fair, he was in Tarak's hotel room. Was he? That's when they were stealing the horn. Not only was he in Tarak's hotel room, which is a weird way to say palace. <laughs> <laughs> he was actively stealing from him.
1: Yeah,
0: that's, I forgot about that part. Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah. I thought Turok went and attacked him.
0: No, <laughs> he was in Turok's hotel room.
1: But again, like I feel like Lan would be a blade master in the same way. It's like I happened to fight another blade master and one, so now I guess I'm a blade master. He wouldn't seek out being a blade master.
0: Yeah, Agreed. Which is why
1: I'm not. Which is why I don't know if he is one recognized. That's fair. He absolutely has like, the capability no, to be a blade master.
0: Yeah, and no swordsman alive would ever say that. He isn't a blade master on a technicality. Yeah, he is. He's Lan fucking Mandragoran. He's the best. So I, I feel confident in saying he is the best swordsman of this era. I'm cool with that. Yeah, maybe others were better in the past,
1: but it just makes me sad at the thought that he's never going to find out that Rand defeated a blade master because I think that Lan needs to know that his sword son did well. Like,
0: yeah, he would be proud. He would be proud <laughs> in his stony-faced way.
1: I want, I want Land to have his proud dad moment. Yeah. He's not going to, probably. No. Because Land, because Rand is never going to talk about it again. And then right. Everyone's going to forget.
0: Yep. Or, well, nobody else is alive to know.
1: Well, Perrin was there.
0: No, Perrin left with the horn. They all ran. Well, Rand was like, I'm a, But didn't he Fight be this
1: like, yeah, Turok's dead now. But they didn't, they, so they know he killed Turok. I'm pretty sure. But they don't know that Turok was a blade master. He, Rand was the only one who saw the sword. Yeah, and so there's no way for them to know that he killed a blade master. Right? They're just like, oh, you killed a dude. Right. Which like, Lan would be like, and who hasn't? <laughs>
0: <laughs> blade masters, they're all lame.
1: <laughs> no, just killed a dude. It's like, oh,
0: killed a guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: like, and who hasn't killed a guy? I mean, at this point,
0: who hasn't who killed hasn't? a guy? <laughs> Jeez.
1: I mean, I'd say I'd say that killing a tur- or killing a trolllock is same as killing a guy.
0: No, because it's not literally a person. Sometimes they have human features, but they're not literally a person.
1: I, it, it takes skill to kill a Trolloc.
0: Yeah, but there's a difference. Like mentally, there's a difference between mentally, killing there's... a Trolloc and killing a human.
1: But like, that's all. Oh, I killed a thing that was living. Yeah, who hasn't? Yeah. At this point, yeah, who hasn't?
0: That's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. There's not too much we haven't covered. One big thing that we have not covered yet is we learn about Rand's parents officially in the book. (laughs) We've known for a little while.
1: We learn that we learn mostly about them. There is one thing that I still know that the book has not covered, but because the show is dumb. You know. I know.
0: We learn about his Aiel parentage. We learn about Shile, his mom, who was a maiden of the spear from elsewhere.
1: Yes, they they talk about her and that they she stumbled into the threefold land. Yep. And she was running away from or she abandoned a child that she loved and a husband who she did not love. Yep. And they're they called her Shile and he's like is that that's her name? They're like that's the name she gave herself. Yeah. And that's the end of that discussion. Pretty so much. he knows he has one true IE old parent. Yep. And one from somewhere else. One Convert. Yeah. She was adult, a convert ideal, yeah. sort of.
0: And Shile was Shall left for the two for the Threefold Land because there was a foretelling that if she didn't, the world would end, basically.
1: Yes. And so we get information about her, and we get information about his dad, who once Shail died, gave up being clan chief and was killed by someone who looks like Shail. Yep. Because the show and because the Amazon Prime, when you pause, <laughs> it brings up... It just... And actually, no, I'm not even going to blame Amazon Prime, the platform of uh-huh. watching television. Because that is sometimes helpful.
0: Yeah. I Why blame, did they name that character that? Why didn't they name her Shile?
1: Why did they name frickin' Ashamael? Ashamayel? Uh,
0: they fixed that. Did they? I think they fixed that.
1: Because they, they could have just called him the man or...
0: Or fucking call him the dark one.
1: Or... or well, I mean, he's not the dark. We're calling Why did you name him freaking Shial? I mean, it ruined like it ruined a possibly cool reveal. Yeah. Just because we paused on the screen. Same with when we paused during the blood snow and we saw <laughs> Rand's mom.
0: <laughs> Tigraine Mantir. Tigraine
1: Mantir. So now we know Shial is also Tigraine Mantir, which means that the child she abandoned is Galad. And that the husband she did not love it's is Damadrid is Elaine's Father. dad. Yeah, which is kind of yikes.
0: Well, not really.
1: That. Oh well, wait. They're not actually.
0: They're related. They're not actually
1: related. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're not actually related. I mean, it's still in it's modern like a mild times. It's yikes. It's in modern times. It would be a little bit yikes. But only sort of, kinda. They're they're related through marriage. They're related through divorce. Yeah. Which like okay, I guess that's fine.
0: Yeah, it's it's weird, but it's not yikes.
1: It is kind of funny because that means Egwene clearly has a type, which is, Egwene does
0: have a type, <laughs> which
1: is people who were born from to great manteor. Yup, because of Galad and, and Rand.
0: Yep, they are half brothers. <laughs> yep. but the the larger bit of information we get here is about Janduin, about Rand's dad. He was a clan chief. He, they, he and Shiel kind of fell in love, but they didn't get married. Shiel...
1: was a maiden of the spear.
0: She was a maiden of the spear. She they, refused to stop fighting when pregnant,
1: which we saw during the blood snow. Which, which we was saw during the blood snow. Freaking, just
0: that is using? that is the thing. So you have two things that the, that the show will never uh, tarnish for you, and that is using the Westlands instead of Rainlands and renaming the Taint to the Corruption. I will forever love the show at least a little bit because it gave me the blood snow.
1: And also just like can we talk about how badass using the timing of your contractions to beat a bunch of soldiers? Yeah, Like literally the only reason she got stabbed is because she had an ill-timed contraction.
0: Yeah. Which is like amazing.
1: uh peak boss energy. Yeah.
0: It's awesome. But yeah, we learned about we learned about Janduin. He was going to Go and give himself up to the blight, which we learn is what ail men who know that they can channel do. Here, they go off into the blight to fight Trollocs until they die. And Janduin was going to do the same thing. He, he, could he channel? No.
1: Okay. He
0: can was you? just in despair over losing Shiel and his child.
1: Yeah,
0: that's fair. Fair. He assumed Rand was dead. Also fair. Who knew that Bruce Bolton was going <laughs> to yoink it? <him? laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Well, actually, I mean, I absolutely did because I've read the read the books, but but you
1: didn't know necessarily it would be Ruth I didn't
0: Bolton. know it was going to be Bruce Bolton,
1: <laughs> a badly CGI Bruce Bolton,
0: <laughs> weirdly young Bruce Bolton.
1: Honestly, though, it's Amazon Prime. Could they not have gotten the same CGI that made Bruce Willis look young or make um what's his face look like Bruce Willis in in that movie that they were Looper? in the Looper? Because yeah. that was good CGI.
0: I have not seen Looper.
1: But to get but yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt to look like Bruce, look like Bruce Willis it was convincing CGI. Could I, you not have gotten the same one? I you're don't. just gonna you're just gonna put him in a bad wig and like, or the CGI that makes uh Luke look young in the man like the Mandalorian. No, yeah,
0: there, like, I mean, there's a little bit of uncanny valley going on there, but not as much as this, which, which I don't think it was really CGI. I think it was a wig and makeup. And it just wasn't, it wasn't good.
1: No, it wasn't good. It's the
0: only thing that, it's the only thing from the Blood Snow I didn't like.
1: Weird, uncanny valley like why, why,
0: why does he look so weird?
1: <laughs> Honestly, they could have just gotten the same CGI that makes Mark Hamill look young. Yeah. For the Mandalorian, like. Yeah. Which I think only looks weird because we know what Mark Hamill looks like. Could be. Because, like, effectively, it doesn't look that bad.
0: No, I mean, it looks. It doesn't look as bad as uh, Leia did at the end of Rogue One. Yeah, that was not good. Which was helped by her not moving as much as Luke did. Like, she just kind of shows up and turns around, and that's okay. This is not a Star Wars podcast.
1: <laughs> no, this is a... I forever question why yeah. Jeff Bezos is not spending more money on the Wheel of Time.
0: <sighs> Maybe he will now that Rings of Power is, like, a hit.
1: Yeah cuz like
0: and he spent more money than God on the Rings of Power.
1: Cuz it's just some of the effects like we were talking about this we were talking about um the show the other day just like everything it, looks store bought and it's not that hard to distress clothing. Yeah, it
0: doesn't so the where I landed on it was it doesn't necessarily look too clean because the wheel of time is cleaner than something like The Witcher or Game of Thrones just kind of inherently the vibes you get are cleaner yeah. it's, a, it's a happier world sort of it's a brighter world for sure
1: it, the but books are not as, not as dark not as dark in that like I mean you need content warnings for these books and when I do yeah. my reviews I do but they're more things like there's some death. And blood and gore yeah. it's your
0: the tone is lighter. The
1: tone is lighter. It's not like there are siblings who are sleeping together and right. people getting like there's no Ramsey Bolton no in the wheel of time.
0: No. maybe there is. We just don't see it. Pat and Fane exists. Padden Fane is worse than than Ramsey Bolton.
1: Except that at least pa- Patton Fane is torturing evil creatures, not humans. We
0: only see Fane that's right, Fane torture yeah, that's evil creatures.
1: But he also is an evil creature. Ramsey Bolton He's is just, just a human. human.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, the Wheel of Time's tone is lighter, and I think that that translates pretty well to a cleaner world. They have hygiene. It's more technologically advanced. It translates to cleaner. But what the show kind of did weird, and they get a little bit of a pass on this because it is a new studio. And so they literally is. But a lot of it looks store-bought I, and not distressed. You know what?
1: No, I don't give them a pass because I make cosplays and I often buy new things and make them look old. So it's not that hard to put That's a bunch of fair. costumes in a tea bath. That's fair. It, you literally Brand's just brew some tea and you stick a costume in it or run it over the car. Like, Brand's it's not that hard.
0: Rand's cozy sweater, I think, is the epitome of this. I love the cozy sweater, but it looks like it's just from Old Navy. Yeah. And it's just like, you could weather it. It doesn't look, the world doesn't, the world looks clean and new. It doesn't look weathered. It should look weathered. It can be clean and weathered. Those two things are not mutually exclusive.
1: Right. Like, we were, like, Land's costume There should be worn areas like the knees should be a little bit more worn than the rest of it, possibly, because he's been wearing this. Even if he has a change of clothes, it's land. He probably only has one change of clothes. So he's like alternating between two outfits while one's dirty. Right. If you're wearing something for three years and you wash it a shit ton because you're wearing it almost every day for three years, there's going to be worn patches. But yeah. all of the fabric looks like it's not distressed in any area. Yeah. There's no rips, there's no tears, there's no worn patches. Yeah.
0: The design is really good. They just need to weather it.
1: Yeah. Literally just run it over with a car. Yeah. And then put it in the wash or literally just put it in the wash 19 times. Yeah. That's it. That's all you got to do.
0: Yeah. Anyway, this is not a show podcast. It is not. This is a book podcast. We're we're approaching show podcast time.
1: We are. Because Rings of Power has premiered and... Hopefully
0: we'll get a release date by the time that this episode actually airs.
1: Which, I mean, I think is, like, not that far off.
0: No. But... Anyway, back to the book. The other missing bit from the Rand stuff is that Moraine is back. And
1: she, Avienda returns. We were yeah, obviously talking about Avienda her. Avienda and
0: Moraine get back from Meridian. They They successfully did not die there.
1: Moraine seems a little bit traumatized by what she saw.
0: Yeah, well, that makes sense because... It sounds very reminiscent of an accepted test.
1: She's already gone through... She's gone
0: through the accepted test once.
1: And do they go through another test to become full Aes Sedai? Yes. So she's gone through... This is her third time doing something probably wonky.
0: Yep. Moraine is dedicated. Yeah. Basically. We get She's a also short... a little sunburned. <laughs> also a little sunburned. Yep. We get a short section in Egwene's POV where she's just kind of talking to Elaine about Rand and what's going on in the threefold land in the Waste.
1: We do get a funny moment where when she goes into the dream Elaine is dressed as some of the sea folk. Yep. And she's like
0: Boobs out and all. Boobs
1: out and all. She's like I wanted to see what it was like and this seemed like a safe place and then she immediately changes into something else.
0: Yep. Which is and then, just And then Egwene mentions Rand and that something else becomes very low cut. Yeah. <laughs>
1: watching Elaine not know how to control the dream world, especially from Egwene's POV. It's
0: it's... more fun than watching Nynaeve not do it, because Nynaeve just gets frustrated. Elaine gets flustered.
1: And it's cute.
0: Yeah. I'm about it. Yeah. uh, Egwene convinces Avienda to, like, be more okay with keeping an eye on Rand, because the wise ones are like, you'll keep an eye on Rand. And she's like, what? No. Then they're like, no, you're going to keep an eye on Rand.
1: She's like, think about it as if like you're kind of protecting him for Elaine or something.
0: Yeah, like, which does add to the weirdness that Avian is giving Rand. And it leads to the quote from this section. But even then the wise ones are like, no, she's gonna do it because she's not a child who needs to be told what to who needs to be convinced to do what she's told.
1: Which kind of Egwene is, because they literally put her in pigtails.
0: Yep. After she goes into the dream world. She has an encounter with a niece who's yes. like, put your hair in pigtails because you're a child and you're not following instructions.
1: And, like, Rand sees her and he's like, I didn't think you braided your hair anymore. You look a... Al- You look a little weird. I thought you weren't doing that anymore. But okay. (laughs) He doesn't see it as a child's hairdo. Right. Because the women in the Two Rivers braid their hair. They usually do one braid, not two. But he's like, eh, it's still maybe you're missing home. And then he sees all the Iel looking at her and laughing at her. And he's like, what is going on? Yep. Why are braids funny? (laughs) It's just Rand not understanding things. Yep. always peak.
0: Yep. And then I think the very last thing, we we get a little bit more from Matt.
1: Yes, we get... Stuff with the peddlers
0: yep which we did not really talk about they're not that important yet Rand doesn't trust them they're looking for I think they're looking for Coldrax hold um
1: but they were heading really towards Roidian, and honestly I don't think that's what they were looking for because the uh Gleeman that Matt talks to is very interested in Roidian. and He's a gleeman. I, just, I don't know I just he calls him Matram and I don't remember Matt introducing himself as Matram so that's a little that immediately. Okay. Ticked me off of like, because yeah. no one calls him Matrim.
0: No one calls him Matrim. Not even Maureen calls him Matrim. No.
1: He,
0: more, I mean, she calls him Matrim more often than anybody else does, but she's not like, always calling him Matrim.
1: Right. And Matt doesn't really usually introduce himself as Matrim, mm. and I don't remember him actually even introducing himself to the Gleeman at all.
0: No, but it also wouldn't be that weird for him to have... The Aiel call him Matrim. Do they? Yeah. Okay. Avienda calls him Matrim.
1: Okay. Then and so a s- it wouldn't
0: be that weird for him to have heard about it from the other Aiel, because I'm sure, you know, the topic, the like com- topics of conversation among the Aiel are probably ran at the very top, and then only slightly below that's Matt, who is a Wetlander, not an Aes Sedai, went Tyroidian and came back.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So like, it's not that weird that Jason Natale knew Matt's full name.
1: I just I hadn't it. Just,
0: it's not explicitly mentioned. It's
1: not explicitly mentioned, so it's kind of like a huh. Why but it doesn't is,
0: necessarily raise Matt's suspicions.
1: It doesn't. It just raised my suspicions because yeah. I'm kind of like, especially because mm. Rand was like, I don't trust the peddler guy, and Sandre is yeah. a little sketch too. Well, I just don't trust these peddlers.
0: Yeah, she's kind of given, um, Landfear vibes. A little bit. Yeah.
1: Or like barely at, at the minimum.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it goes barreling, then Like It's just... Well, because she's described as being very attractive.
1: And I hate... This is what, one of the things I don't like about Robert Jordan's writing and how he's writing these books is that immediately if someone's too attractive, they're immediately suspicious and I don't like it.
0: That's fair. He it is It's sexist. In, it is in Rand's POV and the the two... So, Elaine is also described as stunningly attractive, and she is very trustworthy.
1: But she's the only one. True, having in one Rand's contradictory ex- doesn't not true. In Rand's experience,
0: true. though, people who look and act like that so far are Barrelane and Lanfear. <laughs> He's been burned.
1: That's that even just illustrates. There's only two characters, both of which are, untrust- are untrustworthy. That's very fair. Other than Elaine,
0: yeah, very fair.
1: But even so, like she's not Elaine. Isn't described. From Rand's perspective as being wearing two things that are too low cut, wearing things that are see-through. That's fair. The, we've got two people who are gorgeous and using their sexuality against the world, and no one trusts them, and I don't like it.
0: That's fair. Very fair. We have... So the interesting thing is, and I think you're absolutely right, there is, and there's a mention of it somewhere in this section, but there's a mention of the country of Aradoman, where... That's what the women there do. They wear, like, really thin or really, like, clingy, like, form-fitting gowns. And they have, like, a culture. All their women have a culture of using their sexuality as an advantage. And it's not there. It's not seen as a bad thing. But I think that you're right and that the, so far, the women that we've seen who use their sexuality to their advantage are not necessarily good people. I wouldn't call Berylene evil.
1: No, I'm not saying she's evil, but no one trusts her, and people and they don't trust her specifically because she's wearing low cut things and she's gorgeous. Yeah, and that's and it's not even like I understand Rand not trusting them. That makes sense to me. Yeah, it's the women hating on these beautiful women. Yep, because Egwene kind of like it, uh, I can just already guess that Egwene's going to be looking at Asandre and be going, I don't trust you because you're pretty.
0: That's fair. Notably, Moraine does not do that. Maureen doesn't trust anyone.
1: Maureen doesn't trust anyone. <laughs> no matter who you also, are, Maureen's like,
0: hmm, you're suspicious.
1: Also, she only has eyes for one woman.
0: Yes. <laughs> there are no more beautiful women than Swan Sanjay.
1: Which I mean, like, fair. Yeah, sure. Show someone can get it.
0: Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so the the peddlers are there. It's Hadnan Kadir, Isendra, who is, we, we don't really know too much about her other than that she exists and she hides in the, uh, the wagon, like, the whole time. She, like, pops her head out of the wagon to say some kind of rude stuff and then (laughs) hides. Uh, And then there is the, like, real large kind of ugly woman. Uh, What's her name? I should remember her name. And it's just absolutely blanking on me. We'll figure it out next time. Yeah. But she exists. She is also very pushy.
1: And then there's Gleeman.
0: Yeah. The Gleeman Jason Natale.
1: Interviews Matt a whole lot. And then later performs a song about Yep. that Matt's, like... I remember the real story, and I don't like that I remember the real story.
0: Yeah, here we learn at least one thing that the Elfin did, which is they kind of crammed Matt's head full of dead people's memories. He's fluent in the Old Tongue now.
1: And he's just like, fuck this shit.
0: Like, why do I I know how to speak the Old Tongue? Please, God, why?
1: And he remembers all of this stuff about Manetherin and these battle stories, and he... Knows, like, battle training and all of this stuff. And he's just like, honestly, I kind of wish I had the gaps back.
0: Yeah. Matt did... Matt had an interesting time in that doorway.
1: Because he was also gone. They were both gone for seven days. I don't know if we mentioned that.
0: We did not. It felt like they thought they were gone for a day.
1: And they were gone for seven.
0: Yep. And there's a rule at Roydian that if you're not back in 10 days, you're dead. It's not necessarily a rule so much as nobody's come back after 10 days.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so they came back after seven. They were starting to get worried about Moraine and Abienda, And Lan was just like, <laughs> Lan talks about how, you know, Rand asks him, you let her go on her own? He's like, they distracted me until later that evening. And she was already gone. Then they stopped me from going because it wouldn't have helped. <laughs> yep.
0: What did they do to distract Lan?
1: Well, they didn't let him in the tent.
0: They didn't let him in the tent, but, like, what did they do to distract him? He's bonded to her. He would know where she's going.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Because it's not like Nynaeve was there. Right. If Nynaeve was there.
0: Like, maybe they're just having some some fun cuddle time. Yeah. But, nope. She's off on a ship to Tanchico. Yep. Which we looked at a map. They're going quite a long way.
1: They are. They're going, they're going a ways. Yes. Yeah. What did they do to distract Lan? I don't know. Maybe him and Rurark got into a nice conversation. Maybe. Sword dad and
0: spear daddy. What? How many words would that conversation have? Like seven total over two hours? Yeah. They're not men of many words. They. Maybe they sparred.
1: Maybe they sparred. Maybe. You know what their relationship kind of reminds me of? That uh, thing in Parks and Rec with Juan Swanson. And he's like, my best friend and I never exchanged any words. I miss him.
0: Sometimes we still never talk. Sometimes we still never talk. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: good. <laughs> yeah, that's Sword Dad and Spear Daddy.
0: Yep. Yeah, so the, the peddlers are there. They're around. They're going with them to Cold Rock's Hold.
1: Matt buys a hat.
0: Matt buys a hat. Important plot point, <laughs> Matt important buying a hat. point. Yeah, that is just about everything in this section. Like Like we said at the beginning, it's kind of a, it's one of those middle sections. I will say this book's kind of like middle lull section, significantly better than the others. Yes. It has, it has the benefit of having momentum in the series. Like, we're four books in. We yeah. know a lot more about these characters. We, you know, we've gotten invested in them. So, like, their downtime is much more interesting and nuanced.
1: And I think it's not the fact that the pacing of the last book was so weird. The fact that this one's paced normally might just seem even more so. Could be. Because the last book was paced weird.
0: Yeah, it was like move really fast, hang out, and then move really fast, hang out, move really fast, hang out.
1: And this one has the appropriate lulls. Like yeah. you can't have soup. You don't want 75% of bam, 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 big plot point after big plot point. You need the lulls in between the plot points in order for those plot points to really move the story. Yeah. Like you need to have random scenes in which nothing happens.
0: And I think the other thing that this book benefits from is he's using the downtime better here than he did in The Great Hunt, which had a similar, I think, quality of downtime, where the the lull here is for deepening the world that they're currently in. The Great Hunt was for showing how the characters have changed or how they are changing. This is showing... We're with the Aiel now. This is, we need to learn about the Aiel because they're going to be important.
1: I think this book also benefits from, especially in comparison to The Great Hunt, because I think they're paced the same. Like I would be able yeah. to easily do a diagram of both plots with the same ease. It's just that if, say, the 25% plot point in Great Hunt was at like a 7 mm-hmm. The 75% plot point or the 25% plot point in this book is at like a nine, just yeah. on intensity scale.
0: Because it's the fight at the stone.
1: Right. So the major plot points in this book just have more oomph to them, which means that in order for the lulls to not feel like super lully, those are also at a slightly higher oomph point.
0: I think the other thing, if if we're talking about the kind of cadence of it, the Great Hunt was kind of building and then dropping. This is more like a wave where the waves are crashing, and you can already see the next one building up. Yeah. Like, we can see that, like, okay, we're getting, we're going to al The Shido are there. There's going to be something going on. Tanchiko's starting to happen in the two rivers. You know, it's kind of naturally going towards a confrontation with either the White Cloaks or the Trollocs or both.
1: Yeah, like, we saw, even after the battle at... The t- at the stone, the receding wave. You could see. All right, now we know the parent's going to be going. Right. Like there's plans being moved. It's not just and fall. Yeah. Dead water.
0: Yeah. The A, B, and C plots are all moving at equivalent paces.
1: To extend the water metaphor, the Great Hunt was more. Let me drop a rock in a pond. Yeah. And there were ripples, and then it stopped. Whereas this is an ocean. Yeah. Which constantly moving
0: worked for book two. And this, it wouldn't really work for book four. The waves work better for book four, where we're being carried along the plot. And I've said this at the beginning of the season, and I've said it since, and I'm going to say it again. This book is really where the characters start to carry it. Yeah. Because what we're hitting now, plot-wise, is the last battle is coming. We need to get ready for the last battle.
1: And then they spend another ten books doing it.
0: There are other minor things. Well, okay, I say minor. There are some pretty major things that happen. But there are other things that are plots unto themselves in support of the last battle. Yeah. This is one of them. Rand consolidating the Aiel and becoming the Karn is one of those. It's a plot for the book, but it's also a plot point in the last battle. Yeah. And this book does it really, really well. So that being said, let's do some recurring segments. Yes. We've renamed one of them. It used to be Weird Prophetic Auras.
1: And I think we can still call it Weird Prophetic Auras. I just renamed the pin, the page in my notebook that I write them down in. It uh, used to be Min's Creepy Visions, uh-huh. and now it's Visions and Shit.
0: Visions and Shit. I think mm. that makes for a better recurring segment name.
1: I think it does, too, actually. Visions and Shit. Visions and Shit.
0: We're renaming it. It's not Weird Prophetic Auras. It's Visions and Shit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. I don't think there were really any Visions and Shit No. this section. No one
0: had any. No one really had any fulfilled. Nope. Yeah. No, pretty easy. How about ship updates? Not really.
1: really? I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. We still got to figure out who Rand's third woman is.
0: We do. We know it is at least Min and probably Elaine.
1: I, it, I think You're almost
0: certain it's Elaine. I'm
1: certain. Because she cause has. Because Rand has
0: three women and she has to share.
1: Yeah. So like it. And it's now that they've actually gotten together. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's Elaine.
0: Yeah. I will say that is one relationship I would not mind them accelerating the show.
1: Elaine and Rand? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because well, it's a little hard to go faster, but it's like weird for them to get so involved without sleeping together.
1: Especially because he's already slept with Egwene. Like right. it makes it makes sense in a world where Rand is still a virgin.
0: It does. It does. I kind of wish. But I, Rand's
1: not a virgin. We're getting so. back
0: on the show. I, I'm kind of sad that we're probably going to miss. I hope we don't actually, but we're kind of. I think we're going to miss Rand falling off the wall and running into Egwene. Elaine. Elaine. Yeah. I'm kind of sad that we. it looks like we're going to miss that, because that is just so pure.
1: I know, because that's how he meets Gawain, too. Yeah. And it's just like a... And she's like, ah, oh, someone fell into my palace instead of alerting yep. the guards. Is let me weird, heal him.
0: Is it weird that if they do it in the show, I kind of want it to be... I kind of want that to be when they hook up.
1: Ooh, that would be a fantastic meat ugly. I do love a good meat ugly. Yeah.
0: Like... Well, I mean it would kind of be like uh, Elaine, what the fuck are you doing? This dude just fell into your house and now you're sleeping with him. Why? Have I don't some standards. Need it,
1: I don't need them that to be necessarily when they hook up, but I need the time between that and them hooking up to be closer. Yeah. Not 3 books.
0: No. <laughs> Not 3 books. It like, could happen it could happen in season 2 and then they could hook up in season 3 in the stone that'd be fine yeah
1: but you need to the time between the two needs to not be as long and you need to remember that it happened yeah because like it happened in book one and they don't get together until book four right at that point those aren't on the same timeline or like no that's just too on a relationship timeline their meet cute is something else entirely yeah like the, the inciting incident of their romantic timeline is not him falling in right that's like maybe the hook but like no yeah but I want that to be the inciting incident. Yeah,
0: but they, uh, no, they they could fully they could hook up they could fuck way earlier. Yeah, than they end instead up doing of, in the sh- in the books in instead the show. of
1: making out in dark corners. They're like having sex against a wall. It's yeah, fun. that'd be
0: fine. I, I'm still a little annoyed that they sped Eve up so much because Laniev is a slow burn, yep. and we're seeing the good slow burn.
1: Yep, nope, I am with you on that. I am mad.
0: It is a way slower burn than you're used to, because you're used to slow burns happening over the course of one book, not however many it takes here uh, to resolve.
1: Not necessarily, because I am reading a fantasy series in which the first book, the two characters meet on the last page. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then they do not have sex until book four. <laughs> or, no, book three.
0: Still faster than The Wheel of Time.
1: Well, it's only a five-book series. <laughs> okay. Okay. If it's only a five book series, I feel like the, t- the timeline's about the same.
0: Sure. Anyway, that's a long way of saying there really aren't any shift up- updates for this section. No, I, the, I have a sneaking I, suspicion
1: the... that maybe Avienda is going to be a thing.
0: Okay. Why is that?
1: It just would make sense. They kind him. of have
0: a forced proximity thing going on.
1: They've got a forced proximity thing going on, which one of my other favorite tropes. But also just narratively, it would make sense for him to be with one of the Aiel. Okay. And that's the Aiel that they're pushing at him.
0: Sure. Okay. We'll see. I know what happens. <laughs> yes, that's you do. That's the podcast.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's going to end up with one of the Aiel. Okay.
0: Maybe it he'll... just makes
1: narrative sense. I was going to
0: say maybe he'll end up with a wise one, but also that would that doesn't exclude Avienda. Because
1: she is going to be a wise one. <laughs> yeah. That also would make sense. It would make sense for the people that he's with to have some sort of power or ability. And if, if he's with Elaine who can channel... Men who has these visions. Yeah, the third person isn't just going to be like this random powerless person. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, that's fair.
1: <laughs> There's not like even if this the fact that Avienda is now going to be a wise woman, wise one, kind of even more solidifies it because I kind of had an idea that maybe Avienda was going to be the person, the ideal that he's with before when she was just a maiden of the spear. Okay. But, Now even more so that she can channel. It's like, oh yeah, it's probably definitely Avienda. Okay,
0: cool. What was your favorite moment? I'm
1: kind of torn between Avienda giving Rand shit about Elaine. Elaine wanting to dress like the sea folk, but only doing it in the dream world. And Spear Daddy.
0: Okay. I think my favorite moment is Avienda describing Elaine to Rand.
1: It's so good.
0: It's pretty, it's... Quite amusing.
1: Like, have you seen her in the bath? Because if you have, I don't need to keep doing
0: this. That is one area where Rand not being a virgin will suffer. Because it doesn't make as much sense. It doesn't make... It doesn't not make sense at all. But it doesn't make as much sense for a Rand who is sexually experienced to get as flustered over the description of a woman.
1: Except that, like...
0: She is a princess. She is a
1: princess. And even if he's had sex with her, like... Someone else just casually described, have you seen her in the bath? Because yeah. <laughs> if you do, no, I haven't. Or I have, but can we not talk about this, please? Yeah.
0: They could swap it up. They could change that out to be something
1: like, probably I just as good. Like, I don't want to kiss and tell, or like, I'm right. uncomfortable talking about, yeah. I don't want to disrespect, I don't want to disrespect Elaine by right. talking about this with you. Right. Any number of those things. Yeah.
0: Despite the IEL very much having a different idea of what disrespecting would be. Yeah. Because in that, we didn't talk about this, but in that section, Avienda's like, I'm going to act as though I am Elaine's sister and describe her naked body to you so that you know what you're getting into. Because that's a thing I'll do.
1: I guess. I love it. I'm just loving the, I love the girls. They're great. They're girl. Yeah, they're great.
0: They're great. And I will say uh, earlier in this, earlier in the series, you were like, all the women are the same. The Aiel are not the same. No, they aren't. And even between Aiel, like Amis is way different than Avienda. Not even all the wise ones are the same. Like Melane is a little bit more hot-headed. and
1: Also willing to ride a horse because at some point she like gets on Aldeib with Moraine, which yeah, is weird. I don't know what that, that was is about. It's weird.
0: Um, but like Amis is not Avienda, who is, who aren't, neither of them are Bane or Chiad. Yep. Fayil is different. We're starting to get some diversity in who the characters are here, yes. which is great. I think the issue before was that we'd mostly seen Aes Sedai, and it makes sense that all the Aes Sedai kind of act the same, because they're all taught the same way. Yes, that is true. So, we're getting to it. It's still, I think, a thing that is probably worth noting, that, like, there's a little bit of sameness in all the women.
1: And that, I yeah, I just, I still, there's something about the way that Robert Jordan writes women that I... I understand all the complaints about it, and yeah. I, I see all of the complaints. And yeah. if I were to be recommending this series to a person, it would be something that I note, kind of like yeah. when I recommend any of Sarah J. Maz's books. I'm like, the writing style is very interesting. How also. do you
0: like M-dashes?
1: How do you like M-dashes? Because uh, <laughs> there's a lot of them.
0: Well, we are reading a book by Comma Man. <laughs> he loves his commas.
1: And some of them are just plain wrong.
0: They are odd. Yes.
1: They're just incorrect.
0: It's it's like he narrated it.
1: And they're incorrect some yeah. of them.
0: But anyway, this was 34 to 38.
1: Next episode, we will cover chapters 39 to 44. Bye. Bye.